You're listening to The Dog Ate My Homework, a podcast with me, Melanie Doppler of Math Coach Connection. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great day. So your kindergartner is learning about addition. This is such an exciting time where your child is building the foundation that they will build on for years to come in math. But let's be honest, whether this is your first child in kindergarten or it's not your first rodeo, it can be challenging to find ways to get your child to be excited about math and to foster that excitement as you help them build understanding. Kindergarten now looks the way that first grade used to. There's a lot less playtime, rarely nap time, and a much stronger focus on academic standards. If your child went to pre-K, they will likely be more prepared for this type of school setting and learning. But either way, it's difficult developmentally for four, five, and six-year-olds to focus for long periods of time. As a parent, you want to make sure your child has enough playtime and structured free time at home since we know that their school day is so structured. So the last thing we want to do is make home feel like school as well. However, there are some fun ways that we can support our kindergartners as they grow as mathematicians. In this episode, I will break down some of the key areas in kindergarten related to counting and addition, and then I'll give you strategies to try at home to keep math fun and keep your child engaged in learning. I should mention that your kindergartner likely won't have too much math homework, so this episode is not as much about helping them specifically with homework as it is about facilitating an enjoyment of math as you support your child in learning addition concepts. So in kindergarten, the main theme of addition and counting is one-to-one counting, so being able to count to things as you point to them, and then also understanding what makes a number and how to add numbers together. The fluency standard for kindergarten for addition and subtraction is that students should be able to fluently add and subtract within 10. Being able to do that fluently means efficiently, which is quickly, and accurately, which means correctly. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have all of their facts within 10 memorized, but it means they should have a strategy to quickly find the answer mentally within 10. Another theme that I think is incredibly important in kindergarten, and honestly in every grade, but especially in kindergarten, is that math needs to be fun. We need to create a foundation where our children enjoy math and they want to learn more. We have to be careful not to make math too routine or boring, especially at this age, when they're still developing their math identity and their ideas toward math. So encouraging growth mindset and a positive attitude towards math is critical. So let's look at some of the main areas with kindergarten addition. I should mention that there are a lot more standards than I'm going to mention here and also other skills that kindergartners need to have, but I wanted to focus on some of the key skills related to addition that you can support at home. So the first one is counting all or adding all, and this goes along with one-to-one correspondence. So being able to, if there are five Cheerios in front of them, they should be able to point to those five Cheerios and count one, two, three, four, five. As students are learning to do this, the progression should go from first using Um, a physical concrete model where they're counting some sort of manipulative like counters or cubes. This is critical for developing conceptual understanding. 
Next, children would move to a model where they're drawing objects or they're looking at pictures. They might use something like a number line as a model, something that's drawn on paper or a whiteboard. And then the third step in this progression would be um, using some sort of structure, like having a five frame or a 10 frame to focus on addition strategies. And that's where we get into actually using numbers and equations that would be written down on paper or spoken aloud. So some ways that you can help at home with supporting your children in building this idea of one-to-one counting, being able to point to things as they count and know that at the end, that is the total number of objects they have there. So the first thing you can do simply is when counting things at home, point as you count. Just like when you're teaching your child to read and they would point to the words as they read, you would point to things as you count. So if you're eating blueberries for breakfast, you could say, how many blueberries do you have on your plate? And help them point as they count. Oh, we have one, two, three, four blueberries. That's four blueberries on our plate. So modeling and practicing that pointing as they count. Eventually the pointing won't happen anymore and they'll grow out of that, but it's an important first step as we're working on that one-to-one correspondence. If your child has a favorite collection of toys, let's say trucks, dolls, um, marbles, stickers, whatever it might be, you can use this one-to-one counting with those things. Like, hey, let's go get our bucket of stuffed animals and let's practice counting to find out how many we have. Um, And then you can show them as you put them all out, you can practice pointing. I would recommend starting within five, so counting five things and then building it to that within 10. Another little kind of game that you can play with your child to practice one-to-one counting is something called fill the cup. So all you need are some little counters, something you have at home, blueberries, Cheerios, puff balls, anything in that realm. It could be coins, um, anything like that. And what you'll do is roll a dice or you can draw a number card between one and 10 and you could just make number cards on post-its, just write the number one, two, three, four, five, all the way through 10. So you draw a card and depending on what the card says, have your child count out that many of the item. So let's say we draw the card number three. Okay, great, let's count out three Cheerios and we'll put them in the cup. So they put them in the cup and then you draw another card. Oh, it's seven. Okay, let's count out seven Cheerios and we put them in the cup and they're practicing pointing as they count. The goal is to fill the cup until it's completely full. So you keep playing until it's full. But of course with Cheerios, that might take a while. So maybe you keep the cup at your dining room table And this is an activity you do every night right before dinner. And so you can see how many days will it take us to fill the cup? Or if you wanna do it all in one day, you could say, you know, how how many turns do you think it will take? Filling the cup is a great, fun little easy game to help children practice that one to one counting. So once your child is able to have that one-to-one correspondence and point to things as they're counting, then they start learning about number identification. So kindergartners should be able to write numbers zero through 20 and identify those written numbers. They should be able to match that number to a given number of items. So for example, if they count out five Cheerios, they should know that there are five total and they should be able to represent this with the number five. Similarly, if they're given um, a piece of paper that says, let's say, uh, nine, they should be able to count out nine marbles and know that this represents the number nine. So we're taking that first idea of just counting and now connecting it to the actual number representation. 
So here are some ways that you can help your child with building that number identification at home. The first is to look for numbers in the real world. So as you do things around your house, just look for numbers everywhere and point these out to your child. These could be on food labels, in cookbooks, books, magazines, posters, anywhere in your house. And then talk about what that number is with your child. If it's a number within 20, you could even practice counting out a number of items to match it. So let's say you see the number 12 on a cereal box somewhere and you say, oh, well, let's actually count out 12 pieces of cereal. So you can make that connection. Another way you can do this is as you're driving, if you see a road sign, you can point out that number. And even if, let's say, the speed limit is 50 and your child doesn't know the number 50 yet, you could say, do you see a number in that sign that you do know? Or do you see the five on that sign? You could even take this a step further and play I spy around your house or in the car as you're waiting to pick up a sibling from practice. You could say, I spy the number three and see if your child can find where you're looking. You could also put post-its around the house with numbers on them. And then as the children spy the numbers, you could put them on a number line on the wall at home. Um, and your child will, will love just being able to stick post-its to the wall. For some reason, that's really fun. So um, kind of a fun little way to take that idea of number identification and really make it make your child able to practice it at home. Another thing you can do, so that's the identifying numbers, but then there's also writing numbers. There are some really, really fun ways that you can help your child practice writing numbers. So start by counting out a number of items in a collection. For example, buttons, marbles, something like pens and pencils in your junk drawer. It can be super simple. And support your child as they count to see how many there are. But instead of writing the number on paper, because they get plenty of practice doing that at school, here are a few fun things you can try. The first one is use shaving cream. You could put it on a table. I don't recommend using a table that has um, wood that's not treated on top, but any other kind of table is fine. Or you can put it on the floor and let your child spread out the shaving cream and use it as their writing surface. They can write the number right there with their finger in the shaving cream. And then they can easily wipe it away and try again. Another one is Play-Doh. You can have your child use Play-Doh to make a number. So if you write a number on a piece of paper, they can try to model that number with the Play-Doh. Another fun one is using finger paint. Um, so just, you know, your regular finger paint and let your child use their fingers to write out the number. Or if you have extra time, which I don't know what parent has extra time, but if you do, you can make a quick little sensory bin. So just grab a pie pan or a casserole dish and put dry rice or flour or sugar even works in the pan enough so it forms a little layer on the bottom. And then have your child practice writing the number with their finger in that material. If you have sand, you could use that too. Um, don't focus too hard on writing with a pencil the number on paper because like I said, they'll get plenty of practice with that at school, but just try to keep math fun. Remember, that's the goal. So writing and kind of using these different fun ways for our number identification keeps that fun for your child, but also gives them some really important practice. So once your child has that one-to-one -one correspondence with counting, and they also are able to identify their numbers one through 10, then they can work on a skill called subitizing. Kind of a funny word. Um, really, all it means is knowing a number when you see it. So when we as adults look at a dice and we see the number five, 
We just know that that's the number five. We don't have to count one, two, three, four, five. We just know it. So it's that idea of being able to see a number and just know what that number is. Um, if we had to count out every single dot on every single problem, it would take us forever. So this is an important part of fluency. Um, so once your child can count out all of the numbers in a set, that means then they're ready for this subitizing practice. This sets a very important foundation for all operations with numbers, addition, subtraction, and multiplication division as they get into upper grades. So some ways you can help your child practice this are um, anything using dot patterns, dice, or playing cards. It helps practice to really see the number. Um, and a game that you can play with this is something called quick images. So all you need are five pieces of paper or note cards, and you can extend this to 10 as your child becomes, is able to subitize within five. But all you need to do is draw dots on each card to make it look like the number on a dice. So if the number is one, just draw one dot. If it's five, draw five dots in that pattern like you would see on a dice. And you do the same thing for three, two, three, and four. Then you hold up a card for three to five seconds and while your child's looking and then put it down and ask your child how many dots they saw. The goal is for them to be able to just see five dots without having to count one, two, three, four, five. That's why we do it quickly. You can make it more fun by instead of dots, use pictures of things they like. For example, five cars, flowers, snowballs, wheels, you get the idea. Um, so doing that fun little quick images game is a great way to build subitizing skills. And you can turn it around and let them hold up the dot card and you, you say the number to model that subitizing skill. Another idea is rolling the dice. So this is a game you can play with your child at home. Super simple. Roll a dice. It can be a small one, a large one, doesn't matter. And then you get to do the number of things that it lands on. So for example, if your child likes movement, then roll the dice. And if it lands on a three, do three hops. Four, do four hops. Five, five hops. Or for example, you could do a dance party for that many minutes. So if it lands on three, we get a three minute dance party. Um, that helps them to really see the number, say the number, and then we're gonna use that number for something. You also could play roll the dice with coloring. So if you roll the dice and it landed on four, you get to choose four colors to use for your picture on this page. Then when you roll the dice again, they say the number that they see and they get to use that many markers or pencils or whatever it might be for their picture. Once your child can one-to-one -one count and they're able to do that subitizing and number identification, then they can work on composing and decomposing a number. So what all this means is being able to put together or take apart a number. So if you start with 10, thinking of what numbers put together, composed, make 10. So four and six make 10, five and five make 10. So they're working on getting fluent in those combinations within 10. And that's that skill of composing. So some ways you can support this at home. If your child likes Legos or building blocks, you can play a game called build a number. Calling it building just for some reason makes it more exciting for them. So start by building a number within five using two different colors. For example, three le red Legos and two blue Legos. Wow, we built the number five. You could also play a game where you use 10 Legos and see what different things you could make using combinations to make 10. For example, 
wow, five red and five blue. Whoa, I made a boat with my Legos. Or three red and seven blue. I made a mini castle. You get the idea. Focusing on the number that they have total and the fact that they are building that number will help support the idea of composing and decomposing numbers. Um, you also can combine math and mealtime. So make a 10 frame which is super easy. You can draw it on a piece of paper, whiteboard. You could use painter's tape on the table if you're up for that. And it's just a rectangle with two rows and five columns um, and so that there are 10 total squares. Give your child different combinations to make 10 using two different foods, such as, let's see, we have four blueberries and six Cheerios, or we have three strawberries and seven check cereal pieces. Focus on all the different ways you can make 10. The last uh, strategy that you can try at home for working on composing numbers is a game I call the cup cover game. So take a number of items, marbles, Cheerios, M&Ms, you get the idea. And for this, this example, let's use the number 10, although you could use any number within 10. Make sure your child knows how many total there are. So we have 10 marbles. Then cover some of the items with a cup. So let's say you cover four of the marbles. Then your child counts how many are left, so that the ones that are not under the cup, and there are six. Then they have to say the combination that makes 10. So I know six and, uh, let's see, what's under the cup? Four more make 10. And you can do this starting within five and build all the way up to 10. Once your child is able to work on that skill of composing numbers, then they're really ready for addition. And they really were already doing that. The only difference is now we're taking that idea of saying something like three and one makes four, and we're saying the equation three plus one equals four, or four equals three plus one. This can be challenging because addition introduces story problem contexts, um, and but I also think it can be helpful because it helps build conceptual understanding of what's happening and it helps children see that addition is happening in their everyday lives. So some ways that you can support your child with adding within 10 and especially with story problems is the first one would be to act it out. This is one of the best ways to help your child understand addition situations. It's especially helpful if your child is solving problems on their homework. For example, if the story says, Tomas picked three green apples and then picked two red apples. How many apples does he have total? Have your child stand up and pretend they're apple picking or use actual apples or any other object in your house. You can have fun with it and play it sort of like charades, but you get the idea. Act out the story problems. Another one, um, and this is more helpful just with fluency within those addition combinations within 10, is play dominoes. Dominoes already have combinations within 10 on them, so you might see one that has three dots on one side and five dots on the other. As they build a domino tower, have them say the addition equation, three plus five equals eight, and then they get to stick that domino in their tower. The third one you can try is something called play all together. So what you and your child do is you get a deck of cards without the face cards, or you could use Uno cards. And at the same time, you both turn over a card. Then you use, an, you use those cards to create an addition expression. So if you turn over four and your child turns over a three, you would say four plus three equals seven or is the same value as seven. And you can write down the equations for some extra practice with writing numbers. 
So these are some of the ways I know we covered a lot just now um, with ways you can support your child with learning addition. One other thing I wanted to mention that we do focus on in kindergarten is comparing numbers. So not just adding them, but seeing which number is bigger or which number is smaller. It's that idea of greater than, less than. And a few things you can do to support your child at home would be to play the game Bigger Number, which otherwise known as War, with a deck of playing cards. So you deal them out and you and your child turn over a card at the same time, determine who has the bigger card, and whoever has the bigger card gets to keep both cards. If they're equal, you try again, and the person with the most cards at the end wins. If your child isn't sure, you can have them, um, you can use counters or blueberries, Cheerios, whatever you wanna use to help them count out each number. Another way you can support the idea of comparing numbers is playing Would You Rather. This can happen verbally while at the dinner table, in the car, pretty much wherever. You could say, would you rather have three cookies or five cookies? Why? Or would you rather have two pieces of broccoli or eight pieces of broccoli? Why? This facilitates not only a conversation about math, but about your child's preferences and makes math relevant to their real lives. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned comparing numbers just because while it's not addition, it does relate to those same concepts. Before we wrap up, I do want to address a few frequently asked questions in kindergarten. The first one is, is it okay if my child is using their fingers? The answer is yes. One of the kindergarten standards actually says that children should be able to represent addition and subtraction with objects, fingers, mental images, drawing, sounds, and it goes on from there. But fingers is right there in the standard. It is totally okay for your child to use them. They're a math manipulative right there on their body. But just make sure that your child is using them wisely. So don't let them use them as a crutch. If they think, if you think they can really do it mentally, challenge them maybe to not use their fingers. But also, help them use their fingers with a strategy. So instead of counting all every time, if let's say the number is, or the equation is three plus four, have them put down three fingers and then use their fingers to count on instead of counting all every time. So fingers are totally okay, just make sure they're using them wisely. And then another question that I get asked often is, is there one type of model that's better than another? Should my child be using a number line versus a 10 frame? Shouldn't they be able to just solve these in their head? Why do they have to use a visual model or manipulatives? So what I would say to that is that each model has a different purpose. For example, a 10 frame encourages making 10 strategies and composing and decomposing numbers. Whereas a number line encourages students to use counting on strategies and practice number recognition. Those are all different skills. So we would use those visual models for different reasons. And Really, it depends on what phase of development your child is at with what models they'll be using. Remember, students should always start with that concrete physical model. So your counters, blocks, 10 frames, then move to that pictorial model. So pictures, visual, that could be a number line. Then they move to that abstract or symbolic model where they can actually think about the numbers and the equations. So they want to follow that progression and your child might be anywhere on that progression and that will determine what type of model they should be using. So there's no right or wrong model to use. As I mentioned before, there are a ton of pieces to the puzzle to creating addition fluency for our kindergartners. There are a ton of other games you can play or things you can try at home and strategies that your child should be using. However, my hope is that 
in this episode, you are given some tools and some things that you can try right away at home with your child to help them build addition fluency within 10. I hope this was a helpful episode for you. Stay tuned for the kindergarten subtraction episode and also check out some of my other great episodes. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Dog Ate My Homework. Be sure to follow my podcast for more episodes and check out mathcoachconnection.com for more information and resources.